Blog Talk Radio. from the infamous group CNC Music Factory, um, music that I know I used a lot for, you know, exercise and just partying, and I'm just having a great time knowing that I have somebody here that's really awesome about that. So that is just so cool, so cool. 
So um, while we're waiting for our guests to come in, um, we're going to just do a little bit of talking about uh, MD and Indie Radio. Um, hopefully I have already reached a lot of independent artists who are, are getting all their music together to, you know, bring it in to us. So to send your music in to be played and to get an interview, you must contact us by email at mznindyradio at gmail.com. What we will need from you is uh, three to four MP3s, must be MP3s, uh, a picture, a really nice digital picture. Uh, we'll also need you to send us a short bio, I mean a really nice professional sounding bio. It, it, you know, we, we don't want to have to revise it for you, so please make it professional or look up on the Internet, lots of different sources that will help you with getting, you know, that um, bio done for yourself. So we want you to try that out and uh, send that in to us as soon as possible, and we'll get back to you uh, within 24 to 48 hours to let you know if your music is what we'll be able to play. And um, as soon as we get you on the air, we're going to forward all the information that we get from you to our other associates who are uh, radio host too, so that you get additional support. So hopefully, you know, we get all that in soon because June is coming just around the corner, and that means that a lot of people will need to get their music into us before the end of the month so that we can start it off in June. So I look forward to getting some new fresh spaces and fresh music on. So you guys just go ahead and do that. Um, just keep in mind, we do have a whole lot of contacts that are looking for new artists like, uh, in film and um, for production purposes and just, uh, you know, labels out there looking for people, independent labels looking for people. I, they really want some quality music, so please make sure you use the right equipment and, you know, you, you cover everything before you send in, in the information to us because we don't want... We don't want you to waste a lot of time putting together something that's not a quality project and then we can't do anything for you. We get a lot of people doing stuff at home. It's fine if you have great equipment, but if you don't, then you wait until you can get to a studio to let them do that for you. And then um, we can definitely listen to it for you and um, give you some consultation on what to do next. And we also offer you promotional services, so if you need to get some buzz started on your uh, brand or your label or your 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 stage name, your music, whatever it is you need to promote, we're available to support you with that and get that buzz started because, of course, you can't really get anywhere unless there's somebody somewhere talking about you a lot. Um, generally, all the industry people use uh, Google generally. If they Google your name and they don't see anything on there or they see maybe like four things like your MySpace page and, you know, your CD Baby page and a couple of things, but they don't see any any articles written about you, any reviews done on your music, any fans' comments, any events that you've done or any anything like that, any press releases, you know, they're going to assume that you're just pretty new and they'd have to do a whole lot of work to get you out there and noticeable and be able to market your music like on the radio or to other industry professionals. Um, they really don't do artist development anymore. That's pretty much privatized, so it would be best 
for you if you don't have much of a budget to try to do your own artist development and get that buzz. And you can come to people like myself where we can help you with getting your buzz on the Internet and getting you into the music industry as far as your name and some information about what you're doing. Now, as far as booking, you know, we can connect you with some booking agents so that you can get some local work. Um, if you are available to travel, we can help you with getting um, some work outside of your local area. Uh, we can also get you a lot of interviews on the radio. We can help you with distribution of your music uh, to the DJs and also to some of the radio stations, especially the ones on the Internet and satellite radio. So any of those things that you need, we can definitely help you. So you want to go check our site out at www.wmznindradio.ning.com, and you'll be able to get you know, more information about that. Sign up for a premium profile, which is an annual fee of $25, so that we are sure that you are serious about getting some help with your career. Um, you can also do a regular profile that is free. However, our artists and uh, industry professionals who are looking for people to either collaborate with or promote or, you know, sign or whatever, they're going to be looking at the premium profiles that have a lot more information so they don't have to go searching all over the Internet to find out about you. So, um, you know, I would just advise you to consider signing up as a premium uh, profile member, which is $25 for the entire year. That will allow you to be a part of all of our promotional um, activities so that we can get you out there. That includes our video promotions, um, sending up your link to your promotional page out to all the different um, industry professionals that we associate with uh, on our email blast, uh, on our front page when we do highlights of our artists. All those things, um, in addition to some other promotional services we can help you with to get your music out on a global level. Um, as long as you're a premium profile member, you are available to get that done for you. If not, you're pretty much limited to just being right there face value. And if you're not going to have much picture or video or whatever, they're not really going to look a lot for you. So please be sure to consider that. And um, our guest is running a little late, so we're going to put on another song. So actually, I'm going to use another artist song so we can do some promotion while we're waiting for Freedom because I really want to play his music while he's here, and especially I uh, want to make you sweat. That's like one of my favorites. So let's see if we can find something that's a little bit like a party song. Let me see. Hmm. So I know back in the day, you know, we used to have some serious fun dancing to a lot of stuff in the 80s, you know. So let me see if I can find something. We have Confunction. They have some music from that era, so I'm going to put something on from, from Confunction. Let me see.
also holding it down in our um, our listening area and our chat room. Um, this is Ravenda with MZ and Indie Radio. Our guest is delayed a bit, so hopefully we can still get him in here. But we're going to still enjoy some music from the 80s uh, from our previous guest, um, Donald Tavier and his band uh, Lakeside. So hopefully you've been enjoying that. Um, we also had a little bit of... Um, uh, Confunction. So we're also going to be playing back some Club Nouveau because we had uh, Jay King from Club Nouveau one too. So uh, I will go ahead and play some of that, and then we'll get back to some of Freedom's music as well because I'm really enjoying uh, the the flashback <laughs> per se. So hold on to your seats and um, keep on listening so we can have some fun. And I'm going to continue to play some more music from our 80s era.
Freedom, because I've been waiting patiently. Uh, let me check him in. Yo. Hey, is that you, Freedom? That's me, Freedom in the flesh. <laughs> Thank you so much for um, coming in. I know I caught you at a busy moment, but, you know, it's all good because we love you, and we have been sitting here jamming and having some 80s flashbacks. So, you know, it's right. cool. <laughs> all good. So, so what you been up to, Freedom? I'm chilling right now. I'm actually on my way to a a session. I got a. I'm writing this album for a guy named Gary Pine, who Gary Pine sings with. You know, he's he's a whaler basically. He's one of the whalers, Bob Marley okay. the whaler. And uh-huh. um, he actually does Bob's part with the I threes and everybody. And and so he did about two or three records with David Guetta. You know, big records in uh, Bob Sinclair. So I'm doing his album, and I'm actually. We do a duet with a huge artist um, from Turkey named Hadith. Oh. So I wrote a couple of songs for him, and then I was, they're doing a duet. So I'm going to do her vocals. She flew in today. And then, um, wow, I'm crazy busy. I wrote a, a, a movie that I'm shooting in Trinidad called Liquid Rush. You can go to liquidrushmovie.com, um, a romantic comedy about a brother in the liquor business who kind of blows up. And then he got to go to Trinidad to save his brand. And so when he goes to Trinidad, he falls in love with a Trinidadian woman from Tobago. And he's got a fiance here, so it gets a little bit out of control. Then I wrote a part two. So I'm busy. And, you know, I got a couple of albums and a couple of songs in the charts that, I, you know, actually I'm performing on them. So I'm on the road a lot. You know, just jumped out the shower, forgot to call you. I apologize. I really do. That's all right. No, <laughs> well, you know, in- we actually had um, Tiffany Herndon and um, Daryl J. Bragg on the show yesterday, and okay. they were kind of giving us a little bit of uh, information on um, the project they did with you and right. uh, also for Liquid Rush. So, you know, I'm just glad to see that you're, you're kind of expanding your talents into, you know, producing and directing and, and writing and all those things. Um, that just makes you so much more valuable. Valuable, and I tell these indie artists that all the time. You know, don't limit yourself. Yeah, I mean, you know, as an artist, I mean, I've got so much material. You know, so many books that I've written. You know, as an artist, I always try to keep that as my priority, regardless of what happens in your personal life, or you know, you know, unless you know near death. You know, God bless. You know, Google passed away, Keith. But unless you um. You know, if, you, if you're an artist, then, you know, you are what you do. If you're an architect, then you have to draw buildings. You know, you are what you do. If you uh, if you smoke crack, then you're a crackhead. It's not like you're a crackhead and I'm, you're a crackhead. So you, whatever it is that you do, you got to keep doing it, regardless of whether people hear it. Like I always tell my family, you know, if something happened to me, y'all got about six albums. You know, and, it's you know, that's what we do. So not always the public doesn't always get a chance to hear it because, a lot of times, there's a lot of competition with making your, your making your music public or making your films public. You know, there's a lot of indie films that necessarily don't have the budget of Iron Man 2. 
mm-hmm. you know, but they're really good films. So you just got to be an artist first and foremost. And, and eventually, you know, um, you know, people will find your work, you know? So I've just been busy, you know, I'm actually, I have a house in Brooklyn and I have another crib in Brooklyn and I'm actually, you know, building, I do a lot of my own work, a lot of plumbing, a lot of carpentry. So I'm just busy, you know, I just, I just stay busy. Wow. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. Well, we wanted to, um, first get some information that a lot of the public has never really heard about um, how you actually got into the, the music business. Like, you know, where did you start at? Because we we remember all those videos and the dancing and all that stuff. So how did you get involved with CC Music Factory Project and, and in the music business period? How did you get into it? Well, I was I, I had another record out on a record label on a record label called A and M, which is not doesn't exist anymore. But A and M Records was started by Herb Albert and a guy named Moss A and M Records, and it was a big label in the eighties. And and about ninety, I had a record out called Get Dumb Dumb Da Dum Da Dum 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 Da Dum. It was like a hip hop record. And then I had another record out before that in like eighty nine with a group called um, Total Science out of East New York, Brooklyn. It was like six dudes from the hood, but they were doing just different dance music. So, you know, I went to college in Virginia. I went to Hampton, got out of college in 88, and wanted to be in the music business. I was a history major, an African-American history studies major, but I was always in the theater department. You know, I was, you know, doing plays in the theater department, and, you know, and plus I was conscious, so I was in a poli-sci club. I was hanging with all the South African brothers because it was a big apartheid thing. But I was always using an outlet for art as an exp- you know, form of expression. So came home, went to a media art school for six months, and then I went to work in a studio in Quad in New York, the same place Tupac had gotten shot in Quadrasonic Sound. Mm-hmm. And got a job there as an intern, started engineering songs, you know, started working with Kumo D and, and LL and, and Jocelyn Brown and, and Cameo and, you know, Spike Lee's doing the butt with, with Marcus Miller, whose brother's from New York, and started mixing records. But I always wanted to be an MC, but I, I always wanted to have more than one skill. I didn't always want to just do one thing. So I met Robin and David from uh, the CNC, and we were going to do a solo album. Because um, we had to this, we had produced the seduction album, and I was always with you know I was a b boy, so I always had twelve inch break beats in my bag, you know, because we used to you know it wasn't like you could download; you had to carry your records with you wherever you went, you know. So I always carried about thirty break beats with me, and when people would do remixes, I would because you know, I remember something: the Jody Watley Rock Him record in like '89 was the first rap on an R&B record. Friends, how many of us have... Not that's yeah. the Houdini, um, that's the Houdini version, but Friends with Jody Watley, and the verse uh-huh. was what Rakim came on it. So it was still in the 80s and the early 90s was really a still very early age in hip-hop culture. Um, it was like second generation, first generation growing up hip-hop culture. So I always carried these 12 inches. When anybody would do a remix, I would slide in the break, you know, Ashley's Roach Clip, um, James Brown, um, um, Sarone 4, Sarone 3, um, Sally. You know, there was breakbeats that I would slide in, and so I started to remix and engineer. Mm-hmm. And then I started dropping verses because I was always an MC. You know, I grew up in the New York City area, Jamaica, Queens, with the junior high school with Jam Master Jay, 
I went to August Mall in the same school 50 went to. Um, yeah, yo went to August Martin. Russell Simmons went to August Martin. Uh, um, Ed Lover went to August Martin with me. Ed Lover was actually in my fourth, fifth grade class. So uh-huh. I grew up in Jamaica, Queens, where, you know, hip-hop was bubbling. Spider D, Falky yeah. um, D, Davey DMX, Roxanne Shantae. So it was always in my blood since I was 9, 10 years old, from the 70s and the, and the mid-70s. So... I was always a part of hip-hop culture. I was always a part of the hip-hop scene. I was always a part of the music scene. So I don't know if it was something that I got into more so than it was just something that was given to us as kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just it was a blessing from the creator. Hip-hop was a blessing from the heavens, and it happened at a unique time in history with Reaganomics and crack and go before crack with the Reaganomics and New York with Mayor Koch. And so we created this environment. They wasn't putting any money in the schools. They took all the instruments out of the schools. You got to understand something. I grew up in the 70s, which was disco. So in my neighborhood in Queens, everybody had a band. There was four or five rock bands in my neighborhood or R&B bands in my neighborhood. And when they took the instruments out of the school, you had these younger nine, eight, seven-year-old kids whose older brothers was in bands making disco records. So hip-hop is a real, real strong influence from disco and reggae. You know, the 80s was just a real, real melting pot in New York City history. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just grew up in that time. So that's why I'm in the music business. That's awesome. I think that is one of the reasons why I've always loved hip-hop, because it, it was just music that was developed according to how people were feeling about their situations and the things that were happening in the world. And now I'm going to ask you, uh, when you listen to the music that's hip-hop on the radio, on, you know, the commercial radio stations, how do you feel about that type of music? I mean, can you compare that to any of the hip-hop of the past? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of, you know, I mean, a lot of, and i got to be honest with you, a lot of, you know, older cats like like Ice-T, who I'm a good friend with, had a beef with Soldier Boy, he wasn't making real hip-hop. And, you know, I think that, that's a little bit uncalled for because a 15-year-old was only playing by the rules he was given. Right. A 17-year-old, 18-year-old, if he listens to the radio, you know, my, 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 my heroes became my best friends. You know, Melly Mel, Kumo D, you know, those are the guys I listen to at 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock on a Friday night, Mr. Magic's Rapid Chat or Supreme Team, C. Divine, Just the Law, 1 o'clock, 88.9 on the radio, so those were my heroes. So I wanted to sound like Melly Mel. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So I wanted to sound like, you know, um, you know Kumo D, you know. So Rakim, I wanted to be like Rakim. That was the god. So, you know, he was speaking, you know, spitting lessons. So everybody in the 80s wanted to be a 5%er. We wanted to have knowledge yourself. You wanted to be like Rakim, which Rakim Allah, or Big Daddy Kane means king Asiatic, nobody's equal. or king. Even KRS-One was influenced by the 5%. So you had, that was our influences. And we can't fault the younger generation if their influences are different than ours. That's right. You know, the young generation is listening to music that's, comes from what me and the people before me created, but it's different. It's a hybrid now. You know, Drake is hip-hop, but he's also R&B melody, you know. So that's where it is. And, you know, white America listens to the radio and said, okay, we got to stop this. It wasn't about stopping hip-hop. It was about stopping African consciousness. Right. 
Because see, hip hop was was imbued on the wings of African consciousness. If they when I when I was thirteen, I was arrested for armed robbery. Now I had my first car at thirteen. So when I was thirteen, fourteen, I would get on a train on a Sunday afternoon, on a Sunday afternoon, and go to the Bronx and listen to hip hop in the parks on a Sunday in the broad daylight. Those were my influences and that was because I could travel through Brooklyn. I was living in Queens. I can go to the Bronx, and I wouldn't worry about getting robbed or stuck up because everybody in New York was conscious. Everybody was con- everybody was Afrocentric. The vibe and the culture was you can go to the Bronx and be like, yo, peace, black man. Yo, peace, black man, what you doing? You, do not, you know, it's different. Now it's doggy dog. So everybody wanted to be conscious in the 80s. Even Queen Latifah comes from being a queen. You know, I remember right. when Will Smith used to wear the African symbol. So that's, that's, that was our influence. Africa was the theme of hip-hop. Africa was the consciousness that hip-hop was allowed to springboard off of. Mm-hmm. The only thing that gets me upset about rappers today is they're not conscious. That's the only thing that bothers me. And, but if you take away the consciousness, now you've got the opposite of consciousness, which is confusion. That's why there's so many females you know, in the videos, but naked, whereas in the videos in the 80s, you know, the sisters had clothes on because they didn't feel it was necessary. Plus, they came back to the neighborhood. People would be like, yo, I know I just didn't see you on a video, but naked. You get you get beat up. <laughs> so straight up. I remember I used to go to the EU, which is Latin for hillside. So we used to go to Hillside Avenue, Jamaica, Queens, so we called it the EU. Because in EU, in Elijah Muhammad's lessons, mean hillside. So since everybody had lessons, we would all meet up at the EU. Um, Jamaica High School, Thomas Edison High School, Francis Lewis High School, August Martin High School, Bayside High School, Cardoza. So you might have 700 conscious kids with African medallions on and kofis. And a girl, if she was like, well, who, who, saying to another girl, well, who you date? And to another girl, she said, well, Kevin or Tyrone. Another, I remember many times a young girl would be like, you mean tell me he ain't got a conscious name? Like, you was ashamed to date a brother who didn't have a conscious name. Like, if, he, if his name wasn't Jamal or Rakim or Freedom or Supreme or Devon, a, a young sister, 15, would be like, yo, you need to study. Really, that's how serious it was. And I think that we don't realize that about hip-hop. And what, what, what happened was white America saw that and went, nah, we can't have that. Absolutely. We can't have that. We can, they can have that music, but they cannot have the Africa stuff. So that's what young people have to understand, that they can't just say, well, you know, that was in the past. Africa is not only in your past. Africa is forever in the future. Once they figure out their own level of struggle and their own level of of oppression, then the the generation will be okay. That's the only issue that, you know, there's there's not that stream of consciousness and love. But the rhythms of dope that they're making, the way they express T.I. is crazy dope. Um, young Jeezy, I mean, Atlanta's just producing the craziest, crazy of the craziness right now. Um, right. You know, and, 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 and if you look at T.I., he's conscious. If you look at Young yeah. Jeezy, he's conscious. So that's what's good about music. The music is in a real good place right now. Matter of fact, it's scaring America still. Mm-hmm. They're still scared. To me, as long as the majority or the status quo is scared, then I'm okay with that. Well, I see a a lot of fear 
come in because of the money that is being made and the power that um, we're accumulating being in the business like that. It's almost like toe-to-toe with the majors. It and is. I see well, a lot of fear over their faces that they they put that in bad impression out there so that every time somebody makes one mistake, and they got to go to jail. They don't care how much money they made, they got to go to jail. Remember, they just I do whatever. Yeah, remember this. Anybody who will do anything to get power will do anything to keep power. Mm-hmm. When you rape a people for three, four hundred years, enslave them, oppress them, and do everything in your power short of killing them to, to keep them back, then you're going to do anything in your power to keep them back. So when you have young brothers like Diddy and 50 and Jay-Z and T.I. and they're doing their thing and they're going into fashion clothes and they're going to go into real estate and film, they're becoming so independent it's a problem. So this is why if you study America, if you look at America now, this is why America's America's falling apart because corporate America and the status quo is not going to maintain a country where people other than white have control. They would rather destroy it. Remember that. Mm -hmm. They'd rather destroy the country than have young black people run it. That's why they formed a whole new party because of Obama. They said, you know what, we got the Democrats is black, the Republicans ain't doing it. They're going to form a whole new, they'll do anything in their power to keep that power. Mm-hmm. And that's all it's about. It's all about, okay, you know, there's too many Mexicans in L.A. and, and Arizona. Look, we just got to start stopping them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... You know, the, the only sad thing about the music, it is it's not empowering the young people in, on a conscious level. That has to change a little bit. It has to begin to give young people a little bit of consciousness. I struggle with it all the time because I make a lot of conscious records, but I also make dance records. And a lot of people don't understand that I don't have to be one way. I don't have to just hip-hop that I came out of. You could do conscious. You could do dance. You could do reggae. So I'm used to doing any kind of music. You know, I'm an artist. You know, Chuck D said a long time ago, if you're looking for musicians to save you, you stupid. Bob Marley and Chuck D are not going to save us. We have to be conscious on our own levels and use some of the music to raise our consciousness, but that in and of itself is not going to save us. So... You know, the point is, like, we can't be too critical of other artists because people are only making music in their own experience. Yes, some artists are fabricating about their experiences in the hood, but you know what? If you're black in America and you're talking about being locked up and you've never been locked up, I ain't mad at you because somebody you know is locked up. Yeah. You might actually get locked up. Huh? (laughs) And you might actually get locked up. Right. One of your, you know, well, he ain't never lived that lifestyle. Hi, wait a minute. So what? He never lived the lifestyle. But I guarantee you one of his uncles in Omaha, or let's just say one of his uncles in, in Alabama has been there. If you were black in America, people say, oh, Tiger Woods, you know, he got them white girlfriends. I don't care what color girlfriends he got. Because, you know what, white folks are going to remind him of them white. I don't have to remind Tiger Woods of them white girlfriends. White folks will do that for me. That's right. All I got to do is enjoy the fact that he's playing golf and beating white boys. I get off on that. <laughs> that. That makes me happy that he's doing something that they told us we could not do. Oh, but you know, we got the white girlfriends. But say you love Jordan? Yeah, I love Jordan. Well, Jordan had white girlfriends. Who cares what color a person, you know, who, you know, 
that's not the reason why you enjoy the process. That's not why you're watching him. You don't know what someone does in their personal life. So, you know, the same thing with music. You know, we, 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 we may be black, but, you know, we can go into fashion. We can go into jewelry. We can go into music. We can go into film. We can go in and make baby carriages. We can come up with a black Johnson & Johnson chemical company. We can, we can run the whole spectrum. We're not just radical. We're not just in the street. But we all do have the same experiences, too. My brother went to Harvard. I didn't graduate from college. My son went to Columbia, graduated top of his class. So I don't have so therefore because I didn't go to Columbia and my son did, I don't understand that experience. I know because you watched him. Right. So the same thing about other artists. Yeah, exactly. So the same thing I'm saying, like an artist will say, yo, he's not gangster. He can't make that record. Wait, 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 wait. Relax. Be easy. So, you know, the ultimate goal of all the things that we do is, you know, is trying to be raising our consciousness levels, raise our consciousness levels for young people across the board. You know, just, just, just raise the consciousness, not to be so judgmental. You know, when I was 25, I was making millions of dollars. I never thought I could make a mistake. And you get 30 and you realize, you get 40, you realize, oh, shit, I really made a mistake. You know, so you raise the conscious level, you be a little more patient, and you execute. Now, I understand that you your music is just, like, internationally successful and um, played a lot in the U.K., of course. Now, how was it received? How were you received when it came to the international fans? You know, did you, did you see that it was very similar to how we, you know, adore your music, but maybe a little bit different because we're not so free as they are. They're a little bit freer than we are. Like, we kind of have a lot of inhibitions. Did you see any kind of difference in the in the love or the appreciation for your music? Um, yeah, but I don't know if it's just international more, than, more so than it's just regional. Because there's some regions in America where I go, I, I mean, I do shows and there's three, four, five thousand 5,000 people. And there may be two or three acts on the bill. Then there's some reasons why I go where people are not into it. I think it's more regional. You know, there are people in the in 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 in, in the South who may be into a different type. Like I just came back from Trinidad and shooting the film, and you know, they love soca, they love calypso, they do, um, and they love they love hip hop too, and they love dance too. Like all of your soca music is really dance music. You know, so that's really dance music. That's like 150 BPM. So I don't think it's more or less, I think it's more regional than it is international. Um, but it's just different experiences, you know. It's just different, it's different, it's different strokes for different folks. You know, when we came out in 92 with the Gonna Make You Sweat album, it was huge. You know, we was number one BET, number one MTV, number one VH1. We were number one. I mean, they didn't even have VH1 in 1992, as a matter of fact. But we were the number one BET, number one MTV, number one pop radio, number one urban radio across the board. So, I mean, you know, international fans are, um, they're just as oppressed and they're just as conscious of it. But it's just different. You know, it's a different form of freedom. It's a different form of liberation. Or some, You know, some of the things are the same and some of the things are different. You know, music is a very personal, nuanceical thing. You know, you can go down to New Orleans and people wonder, well, wow, you know, Lil Wayne, he makes so many records. Well, Lil Wayne comes from New Orleans. 
he comes from a he comes from a climate of constant music, so he's going to constantly think about making records all the time. Mm-hmm. Because he comes from New Orleans, and all they do is think about music all the time. So for him to make twenty five mixtapes and make a record every week is not uncommon for how they think. That's regional. New Yorkers don't really think like that. New Yorkers make music and move on to the next thing. So now, it's just regional. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, carry on, because um, we are being educated by the one and only Freedom Williams. So uh, whatever we don't know, we're going to get that from you, and, and so will the listeners. And oh, it's a very you. inspiring conversation anyway. So, you know, a lot of times we have artists and they don't give us enough of themselves, like to so that we know that you know they ain't not just doing what somebody told them to do. We we like people that have you know, like you said, a conscious mind like yourself, and yeah. appreciate how you put all your emotion, experiences, and and education and thoughts of, and you know all that energy into your music. So we we really appreciate you for that. It's not just because you know I could lose weight listening to your music. <laughs> yeah, right, for real, for real. And I appreciate you. I appreciate your station and what you're doing. And, you know, just, just you know, we still young people, you know. Even though I'm a little older probably than y'all, early 40s, you know, we still all young people. And um, life is to be lived. It's wonderful experiences, you know. But I always say to young people, just you got to keep it conscious. You got to keep your mind thinking. Never let it get too out of control where you don't realize what's going on politically and socially around you. Um, and musically, you know, music is, like I say, music is a part of, um, a part of. I'm doing an album now, a project dedicated to Henrietta Lacks. If you Google Henrietta Lacks, you'll see what she, who she did. She died in 1931. She was a black tobacco farmer um, in the South, and she died in 1930, um, she died in 1951 at the age of 31. I'm sorry. And they used her body. And you Google it, you'll see they used her chromosomes to cure polio and sickle cell and all these things and never told the family. And, you know, they didn't want nobody to know that it was a black person that they were using all these stem cells to inoculate people. So they called it the healer chromosome from Henrietta Lack, but they told it was a white woman named Helen. So I'm doing a record now, and the first verse goes, I thank God for Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X, the ministers, the best of the best, and Clarence Smith, Khalid, and Brother Wajid, born justice, God of law, Joanne Chester Martin, who's tomorrow is promised, surely not mine, who one day come, I got my nine, I don't eat swine, I kiss behind, see life is short, you play your handicaps well. From Manhattan to Tuskegee, your experiments fail. You better know who your enemy is, maybe yourself. Got open wounds, I can't see Dr. Phil. Now everybody wants to be polite and everybody wants to be like Mike. Then they say he's not right. But when you're black, you better bring your Beretta. Because when we lack, we lack like Henrietta. You'll act like you want to forget her. In control of the burden of proof, I carry titles and the evidence is that I got a mountain of truth. So then it's first goes, I want to say good morning to you, star. If you, and I got this reggae brother singing it. And that's the whole project excellent. I'm doing, just dedicated, huh? That's excellent. <laughs> yeah, I got a whole project I'm doing just dedicated to her because young people should know who she is. How come Absolutely. nobody knows that this one black woman cured all of our major diseases and then they went back and got more stem cells from her family and doing all this research on black people, creating all these diseases, but they, they don't, but, you know, 
we still fighting for equality. All these white people walking around with the polio vaccine and 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 all these vaccines came from just black people. Mm-hmm. Not just so, vaccines, but a lot of inventions for everyday items that we use. Uh, yeah. It would be a first uh, first produced by a black person, but somebody else takes the credit for it. Right, right. So, I mean, you know, there's just so much information out there. There's so many things you can expand your horizons. There's so many things you can do creatively. You know, you can merge your coalitions. You know, just like, you know, 50 and Eminem or Jay-Z and Beyonce, those are all merging coalitions. And, you know, it's a wonderful world if we just open up and be ourselves and stop trying to be other people and, and, and follow your own heartbeat. That's right. You know, and continue your, your life continue your life force because, you know, if you don't carry this ancestral royalty that we do have along to your children and your children's children, you know, where do you think it's gonna go? If you just let it get dissipated by people telling you you can't do this and you can't do that, you're not worthy of being, you know, considered a special person, a royal person, then you would just let it go like that. I mean, you, you should never let anybody tell you you're less than what you are. Never, ever. No, never, ever. Never, ever? Never, ever. Never, ever. Word up, yo. Yo, how come I don't got no jeans in my closet? I got 20 pair of jeans. I don't want to wear not one of them. This is bananas. Excuse me, I'm just like, you know, I got a session at 10 in the city, and I'm like, you know, how the hell? I got 20 pair of jeans, and I don't like man one of them. Now, what's that about? You there? Hello? 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 Hello. Hey, I'm here. Oh, okay. I'm here. <laughs> Let's talk about your film experience. Yes, 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 yes. The film. You know, I love the. I love film. I can't even front. I um. I wrote this movie in about thirty days called Liquid Rush. Um, Tiffany said, you know, we were doing this project with her, and she was like, you know, I was finishing this Saving Children Lives project. I had a small part in it. And Matthew Lynn, and we was at my crib in Brooklyn, you know, just chilling. And she said, yeah, I want to do a romantic comedy. And I was like, well, that's boring. And she was, yo. Okay, cool. Lock up. I'm coming. Yeah, lock the door. Tell me where you're outside, right? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, lock up. I'm coming. Yeah. All right, no problem. You got it, brother. Um, so, um, yeah, that's my work. is one of my carpenters. So I said, um. Romantic comedy? Well, that's boring. She said, nah, I want to shoot it in Trinidad during Carnival. I was like, oh, snap, that's ill. So I wrote this movie, right? And I didn't know people were going to like it. But I had written, like, other books. I wrote I wrote some books, you know, some children's books. So I've been, like, writing for, like, last 10 years. I've been writing a lot. Like, I got, like, four children's books. So I've been studying the, the art form of, of creative storytelling in that respect. So I wrote it, bam, bam, everybody liked it. These people in Hollywood liked it, so we all got together. But I had written, I had shot a short movie. If you go to, um, you Google Freedom Williams and you see a song called You and Me, I shot this short movie in, in Guadalupe because I had written about three years ago this film called, um, about, um, about basically about the Black James Bond. And I wrote this, this movie, so I said, okay, I'm the type of person, when I have an idea, I just don't believe that anybody else can live your dream for you. You can you can help me live them. 
you can you can you can even fund them or you can help me fund them but i have to be the impetus and i don't really wait for people to do things like you know i just go do them i don't care if you know if it's in russia like all right well then let's just get a ticket go to russia and then you know we just start asking questions you know and that's kind of how i did things i went to guadalupe i'd never been there before i called a friend of mine i said yo i want to shoot this video but i want to shoot it short and he was like, he was a filmmaker. He was like, word? He was like, I said, yo, dude, we should go. He was like, I can't afford it. I said, I'll take you. Just, just come with me. Like, next month, we was in Guadalupe. Didn't, you know, I knew one young lady there, and, you know, she was there at the time. So that's how I do it. So I just, you know, I just try to live my dreams and not dream my dreams. Um, yeah, but I love the filmmaking process. Um, I think that I probably can shoot film. I think I'm, I'm actually probably the one thing I may be good at is film. I can see, I see things in three dimensions, you know, I, I always see things visually, I see, you know, I can see them in, in a book form, and then take them right out of a book form, um, probably even more so than writing songs, and I just enjoy it, you know, it's a huge palette to be able to use canvas to be able to articulate your, 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 your thoughts on, you know, the soundtrack, the film itself, the actors, I just love it, man, I think, I think it's the next medium for black people to go into, and I think that um, you know, Hollywood doesn't even have any idea of how powerful some of these young urban filmmakers can be and how and how hope oh, they busting shots. I hear them outside. Stop it now. Be nice to each other. Stop shooting at each other. <laughs> be nice. Play nice. Um so, um, yeah, I love it. The art of filmmaking. I mean it's I mean we could tell the story of Black Moses, we can tell the story of we can tell the story, uh, the true story. You know, they got this new movie out now about um, um, the um. You remember, remember three hundred Darius and the three hundred, the black yeah. dude, the uh-huh. um, the Persian. Well, you see how they Hollywood is waking up and they, and and they're realizing that they can't continue to tell so many lies. So in three hundred, they put they made a black guy the king of Persia. Right. Right. So they're coming. They, they're waking up to the reality of how to really depict films. But now they got a new movie that contra- contradicts that, where they got this 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 um, new actor in the Persia, you know, and and the Persians were, you know, Prince Persians of Persia. Iran. You talking about Prince of Persia movie? Prince of Persia, yeah, that little corny looking movie. You see, Persia's Iran, and Mesopotamia is Iraq. So, and and the founders of Iraq and Mesopotamia were the tribe of Susa, S U S A. You know, they called them the black headed people. They were an African people. So there was just so much creativity for un- for young people and old people, whether they're black, whether they're white, whether they're because so many of the stories that have been told have been told incorrectly. So if you take half of Hollywood and you if you've made if you've got seventy million films made in the history of life, of history of the world, if five million of those films were made incorrectly, or say half of Hollywood was made incorrectly, you could actually have young people go back and tell them stories the right way. That's right. There's a never-ending opportunity for storytellers. There's never there's a never-ending opportunity to be able to express yourself creatively, you know, because there have been so many lies that have been told. Well, now we can just go do it right. Like they were going to have Vin Diesel play Hannibal. I was like, if they yeah, if they had, which I said, you know, I wouldn't mind that if Vin Diesel said he was black, but since he doesn't acknowledge he's black, then how are they going to have Vin Diesel play Hannibal when Hannibal was a Carthaginian. He was a Phoenician. And we know he was African because if you look at a coin, Hannibal's coin 
Because, you know, he made coins. That's how countries determine their power by the, by minting their own money. If you look at the coin of Hannibal, you can clearly see he looked like Wesley Snipes. <laughs> so, I mean, if they make if they make that movie and they tell the story wrong, although I ain't mad at Vin Diesel, but they sh- I'm glad it's Vin Diesel because they could have easily put somebody like Tom Hanks in it or something. So they do it wrong. No Brad Pitt. <laughs> Right. So if you do it wrong, all you're doing is creating an opportunity for somebody to do it right. That's right. It gives so, us a reason to want to correct something, and then we'll go, go out and do it. You know, that's enough. Because you got to be pushed sometime to do something. You know, that's you right. sit back and watch them do the wrong thing, but after a while, you get tired of it. That's right. You'd be like, yo, I had enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I thank God for Spike Lee. You know, but imagine if we didn't have so, Spike Lee. Oh, yeah, we wouldn't have any kind of conscience whatsoever if he didn't bring it to everybody, not just black folks, but he waking up a lot of people. We wouldn't have had Wesley Snipes. We wouldn't have had Haley Berry. Hell, we might not have had Denzel. Right. So, you and know, one person. we have them doing stuff. Now they, are, they have their own production companies now. So they're right. going out there and picking up better quality movies and directing it themselves instead of just, you know, getting hired to play some another dog on role that doesn't really say anything. Now they can go ahead and create their own projects and and make the controlling decisions on what's going to be seen. Now, of course, they're going to get some kind of resistance, but this day and time and um, Internet technology, they don't even have to deal with the networks anymore. They don't have to deal with the, the big studios anymore. They can go touch an area that hasn't really been touched yet and, and yeah. really take over. So I yeah. see that coming in the future. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity. And we're all over. If you look at the top five Oscar-winning nominated movies, Avatar, what was Avatar? Avatar was a story about these indigenous people in this land called, um, um, not Penelope, um, Pandora. But if you look at the people in Pandora, they really were like indigenous African-type people. You know, they was one with nature, the way they done things. So, therefore, you have a movie with an African root. Look at the other movie, um, Hurt Locker. She made that movie in where? Iraq, the land of original people. Look at the other movie, Precious. That movie was about African people um, in, in America, African-American people. What was the other movie that was a top? Oh, um, Sandra Bullock. The movie with Sandra Bullock? Blindside. The Blind Side. Blind Side. Well, who was the star of that movie? The black dude. So we're all over Hollywood, but young black people don't. Like, if you took the five movies that were the top movies for Oscars, they're all the stories about black culture. But if you're not trained to see it, <laughs> you won't get it. You won't realize that Precious, Avatar, Hurt Locker, Blind Side were all movies rooted in African culture. But you're not trained to see it. They confuse the way young people see things. We don't see ourselves in many things. We only see ourselves in nefarious situations. So it's hard for us to see what blind is. But I look at the Oscars. I went, now ain't that something? That's right. I mean, you know, but I, think, you gotta I be, love the way you, I love the way you express yourself and how you get that out. Have you thought about doing any motivational, you know, seminars and talking to the young folks all over? You know, I sometimes look at them. Not when I was a kid, I used to listen to this dude named Zig Ziglar. When I was like fifteen, I am. I know him. <laughs> you, you heard of him? Yes. You heard of him? When I was like fifteen, because I always liked money. 
And I was always a hustler, and I was always trying to find ways so I can reinvent my hustle. And I was, and I was enamored by this dude named Zig Ziglar, the way he spoke. And I was like 15. It had to be, what, 1980 or something like that. So, yeah, I remember um, being in, liking motivational speakers. I don't know so much like the new ones today, but mm-hmm. I often thought about that because people say that, but, you know, maybe one day that's what I'll do. I don't know. Can't do everything now, at the same time. I, I think you would be very good at it, especially if you go deep into the schools and to the uh, kids whose minds really need to have that opening because, you know, just to go on the corporate level, it's, they're not going to pay much attention because they're always trying to cover everything we want to teach our kids anyway. So right. if you went deep into the educational system, especially in the disadvantaged communities where the kids don't have anybody really talking to them, their guidance counselors are just there for a nine to five, and yep. they don't have anybody that has the experience and knowledge like you to come and give it to them real. Yep. That's the one That's thing true. I always wanted artists to do. Like, you know, our artists from the past that are out here doing it and living this experience, like, sure, they might have grown up in the hood or whatever, and they still keep the hood to their soul, but they know they can evolve outside of the hood to progress in this country. And, I mean, when you look at, you know, Ice Cube at, at his production um, projects and all that, that he's successful with, and Ice-T, you know, I mean, if you think about what he's done in the past, but then you also see he's on TV and he's carrying a load, to me he's carrying a load for the whole cast because I still love him more than anybody on there. But it's like you have to watch to see what they're doing instead of trying to say you're a sellout because you're not sitting, sitting in the hood just doing the same thing over and over. You know, the whole purpose is to get out and progress yourself and evolve. So if you if you were going into these communities and, and these kids that are just stuck, I think you would open up a whole lot of minds. Um, well, I appreciate that. And, you know, maybe that's what I'll do one day. You know, the great Oprah Winfrey said, you can have everything in life you want. You just can't have it at the same time. And I always right. remember that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's real because sometimes you want it all now. And, but, you know, maybe I'll do that one day. I know right now, um, you know, I'm doing films and, uh, I'm, you know, doing some music. And, you know, I mean, young people, man, you know, we like I say, you know, when I mean young people, I mean myself because, you know, we all still young, man. And, 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 you know, the future is ours. The future is ours to take. The future, the future is ours to create. The future is ours for our stories to tell. And, um, you know, we need, we need, you know, because it's, it's, there's a war against black children. You know, it's just, it's just, it's a war. The United States government has proven time and 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 time again that, you know, a great friend of mine named Tragedy, New York, Queens rapper, he made a song called America Eats the Young. You know, and, you know, Frank Fanon said each generation out of relative obscurity must seek its own mission and fulfill it. And, you know, young people just have to be conscious, and they got to know who, you know, like I said on my song, you got to know who your enemy is, maybe yourself. I got open wounds. I can't see Dr. Phil. You know what I mean? So, you know, there's opportunities for everybody. We just have to, um, you know, we just have to know that there's, 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 there might be some, some trials and tribulations to get to them. You know, right now we have a country that's, that's really in a shambles. But, it, you know, people always say, you know, well, I remember America was great. I'm like, it wasn't great for black folks because in the 40s and the 30s we couldn't do nothing. We couldn't ride the bus. We was getting hung. 
In the 20s, we was getting hung. In the 50s and the 60s, we was getting hung. And then when they stopped hanging us, they gave us heroin. In the 70s, they gave us cocaine. In the 80s, you know, they gave us crack. And then we figured out how to invent music to express ourselves, and they co-opted that. So, you know, I always tell people, I don't know. I mean, you know, people say, oh, back in America was a great... I'm like, dude, when? 1750? Niggas was picking cotton in 1750. I <laughs> know, that's right. What was great about that? What about that? Yeah, they were in nineteen forty there were black men joining World War Two to be segregated, to be put to be made cooks in the kitchen. So when? The nineties. I mean if you think about it, nineteen ninety, the nineties is really the first time black people were free. Think about what I'm saying to you. Mm-hmm. The 1990s, because in the 80s, we know that George, uh, that Ronald Reagan and George Bush took crack and sold it to the Nicaraguas and the Contras to fund the war with Manuel Noriega to sell arms for drugs. So we know they brought crack to the street. That's a fact now. That's not even a hidden, that's not even a secret no more. We know the government brought crack to the hood. That's the 80s. So think about, think about the 90s now. We only really been technically free for like 10 years. <laughs> And that's just technically, because we don't walk around with chains anymore. That's right. It's still not free, because there's still limitations. Right. That government is still there, that same government. Nobody's been locked up. Nobody's been, you know, made to pay for that crime. Never. They still continue to do it. They just hide it a little better for those who don't have upper minds. Never. You got, so you got Obama as president, whatever that represents, but you got, think about what you got. You got, if, and you know, I don't have no crazy money, you know what I mean? But you got, imagine if Jay-Z, Diddy, Ice Cube, and, and 50 Cent decide to get together and form a company. Oh, I know. I say that all the time. Oh, my God. That all the time. Ridiculous. I'd be like, yo, okay, I'm down. I'm vice president. What y'all want me to do? How, how y'all want to do this? Let me run. Let me let me run the. I'll be like yo. Let me run the conscious division. Y'all go handle money. Let me deal with these niggas in the street real quick. Y'all do that. Let me do this. Hold up. Just give me. Just give me. Just just give me a budget like a hundred fifty million. Oh my god. <laughs> I know that's Whoa. right. The whole world, every rapper in Africa and China and Japan, they'd be like, "Oh snap! What just happened, son?" <laughs> it'd be on the cover it'd be on the cover of the New York Times, the Daily News, the Post, fifty cent, P. Diddy, Jay Z and Ice Cube form new. You know, Steven Spielberg and David Geffen had SBG, SBK. It'd be like, yo, we all gonna put three hundred million of our own money in the pot and then we got a billion from Abu Dhabi or the Saudis. It'd be a wrap. It would be. It would definitely be Let's <laughs> talk about some change. That would be crazy. It'd be a wrap. <laughs> I'm telling you, so we live in really, really beautiful, beautiful, beautiful times because the potential and opportunities are just so crazily unlimited. That's right. Now, I want to offer something to you because I know you have to go. But, uh, yeah, I do. I'm, actually I do. In a, I'm in the process of creating um, an, uh, a new Internet channel called Indie Stream TV, and I will be offering um, visual opportunities and everything for Indie filmmakers as well as indie artists but indie filmmakers so that they can um, 
you know, promote their um, movies and everything on the channel because I'm going to put such a heavy promotion on their channel, bring such traffic to that, those movies, that it will make people a lot more aware of, of the craft that's going on that we're not made aware of because of stuff like Transformers or whatever, you know. Um, these things that are in the heart of our souls and the heart of our lives, like movies like yours and other people's. So, um, right. You are more than welcome to have your Liquid Rush play on my channel as well. And we've been setting it up as a pay-per-view, too, if you like. So um, that's just the opportunity. I told Tiffany about it. She's all down, and so is Dara. And we're going to bring Saving Children's Lives to my channel as well. So right. I look forward to working with you in the future. And I, I wish the best for everything that you're doing right now. And I also thank, thank you. you for coming in and, and just being so open with us. Yeah, let's keep, you know. We keep it 100. You know, there ain't no secrets no more. They know what they're doing. You know, they just found that when your cell phone is turned off, they still can listen to your conversation. They found that on, the, on CNN the other day, Google was driving by in the truck listening to people's conversations, whether there's some type of microphone they aim at you. So, ain't no, we might as well just be free and keep it 100. I know. I don't ain't no care secret. to hear what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We ain't I'm know not what doing nothing doing. illegal, so they ain't gonna never. Right. They could just put a whole bunch of conversation. They'd be laughing their asses off. So, oh, you so ain't gotta I be illegal. Even... You ain't gotta be illegal. All you gotta do is be black. They will find. <laughs> Yo, you gotta Google before you before you go to bed tonight. Google New York City the Police Department. I just got the email the other day. Um, illegal searches and seizures. How ridiculous it's coming from the man down. It's going to be a big scandal. But it's New York City Police Department and Bedford Stuyvesant. Google that, and I'll tell you how crazy it is to live in this world. You know, so it's weird. As beautiful as it is, you still got stupid people who live in the 1920s. You know what I'm saying? And they don't realize that it's not that serious, son. You don't got to be trying to ask me for ID when I walk down the block, man. All right. You know, but I appreciate y'all, though. You know what I mean? I I feel the love, for sure. Oh, absolutely. We're going to forever love you. As long as you keep it oh. real, you know, we we just appreciate that you do that. You keep bringing us some, some good projects, and we're going to be supportive of you of, of all time, so don't you worry about that. And Thank I hope wherever you you're going right now, you have a great time, and you are still the finest ever. So everybody in the oh. house is loving you. Everybody says hi. Thank you, y'all, too. I'll see y'all later. I'm trying to find my shoe because I got to drive to the city. But you got my number, so whenever y'all want to get a jump off, just hit me. I'm there. Absolutely. I'll be in touch. Okay, baby. Peace. Thanks, Freedom. Well, we have been enjoying such a wonderful conversation with Freedom Williams, and I'm going to put on something to make y'all sweat because I've been dying to play this song, but I, he was just on such a roll, and I didn't want to interrupt him to listen to the music he heard like a million times already, but just to celebrate Freedom Williams, let's, let's start sweating. If y'all got some exercise clothes you need to put on, hurry up, put it on. If you need to move the furniture out the way, go ahead and move that furniture out the way because you won't want to just do your thing after listening to this. This conversation with Freedom Williams.
move your butt to the dance floor. So yo, what's up? Hands in the air. Come on, say yeah. Everybody over here. Everybody over there. The crowd is live and I will prove this cool. Party people in the house. Move. Make you go Control. I wouldn't take the bait. I said, chill. 
chill, baby, baby, chill, baby, baby, wait. My girl busts in, caught us creating the boom. She said, girlfriend. can trample, ruin your life, sleep with your wife, watch your behind, there was a friend of mine named Jay, would come over late at night to say, hey, I watched your fight, I thought it was alright, cause me and Jay, we were really, really tight, so damn close, we had the same blood tight, months went by and my wife got big, we were having a child and I got another day, so I let Jay move in the crib and chill, he had his own room and helped pay the bill, the time had come for the be dogs to the team, it looked like Jay and I couldn't believe, before my eyes in the delivery room,
having so much fun jamming to these beats and you know the 80s was the hotness for me i don't know about y'all but you know i just feel like the music was the bomb back then like it had a lot of a lot more inspiration and dance ability to it like i know i try to do some dancing to some of the stuff that's out here now that i'm not going to be um on point with the music i'm going to look like a fool so i just sit down and listen to it because a lot of times it's just really not there and, you know, one day we're going to have a show where we're going to talk about what we do and what we don't like about today's music and how we can make some changes in order to, you know, just just get it together because I really want to see our generation now become, you know, like us, like Freedom was saying, with a conscious mind. And I don't see how they're going to have that much of a conscious mind if they're just slammed with all this crazy mess, you know. I mean, I love certain artists' music, but as a general audience, it's just not happening. So, you know, we got to do something about that. But uh, I'm going to play on a, a song to slow it down just a tad, but it was one of my favorites in that era, and um, it's by Club Nouveau. And we had our Club Nouveau, uh, own, well, I'd say owner, and he was also the writer and everything, producer for this Roots music, and he's still making music, J. King, and um, I'm going to play this song because I just love it, and it just took to so many levels, and it was in a movie and everything, so check it out.
nice song back in the day, and I I love it. And as we close our show, I want to just do some a little bit of more promotion of my beloved little girl who is trying to enter this rap game, and she's doing a pretty good job. She has this remix that I'm going to play um, with Ludacris's How Low Can You Go. I hope y'all, y'all like it if you haven't heard it before, but I'm going to play this, and then I'm going to um, play out my, my theme song to end the show. And I want to thank everybody that's been Holding it down in the chat room, all my favorite people in the world on Vlog Talk. I got my my Q Storm, I got my Nashiba, and my guest is sitting in there, and D that was in the audience. You know, I'm I'm thanking you all for being here, especially y'all y'all conversations in the chat room is off the hook too. So you know, we we all have our opinions of what's going on in the music industry, and you know, we're going to just try to keep on putting our input in there so that people start listening and changing the game. So you know, but I want to um, you know put this out, and I hope you all join me when I have the next show, and we got some great artists and some movie stars and TV stars coming. So you know, just keep hooking the sister up with your appearance. I'll blow can you go? 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 I'll blow can you go?
show me how to dance. I may not want to get low, so I'm posted up kind of like a player do. But if you come to the crib, then I might show you girls a thing or two. Yeah, I think you're a superstar. With a ass like that, you got a blue. Before you make it big, there's just one thing that I got to do. How low can I go? 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 Thank you. 